You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Flush! Ah! You can just hear it. That's Staccato Baseline and Freddie Mercury setting the stage for what's to come. And what's to come is silly and extravagant and over the top in every way. From casting to sets to storyline and of course the soundtrack, 1980s Flash Gordon has become a true cult classic. I'm Kim Horcher and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for December 5th. And today, we revel in the fact that Gordon's alive? Flash Gordon started as a comic strip in response to Buck Rogers. Flash debuted on January 7th, 1934, five years to the day after Buck Rogers. An instant hit, Flash hit the big screen two years later in three serialized movies. Those were movies shown in short chapters before main features. Flash was played by Olympic swimmer Buster Crabb, who incidentally also played Buck Rogers in a serialized movie between his second and third stints as Flash Gordon. Dino De Laurentiis landed the screen rights to Flash Gordon in the 60s. Fellini tried to make a movie of it, but failed. When George Lucas couldn't get the rights from De Laurentiis, he wound up making Star Wars instead. When De Laurentiis decided it was time to produce Flash, he brought in Lorenzo Semple Jr. Semple had scripted De Laurentiis' 1976 King Kong remake. His was a name known to everyone under the age of 30 because he was the force behind the Batman TV series. To say they were shooting for camp is a bit of an understatement. To say the production was a train wreck is an understatement too. The crews were a mix of Brits and Italians, so language barriers were common. The elaborate costumes meant the Birdmen couldn't sit down, while Max von Sydow's Ming costume weighed over 70 pounds and he couldn't stand in it for more than a few minutes at a time. The movie casting run the gamut. Actors considered ranged from Kurt Russell and Arnold Schwarzenegger to Blondie and David Carradine. Semple's original script was translated into Italian for De Laurentiis to read. Semple complained about the poor quality of translation, but De Laurentiis declared he didn't want to know the words. He wanted to know the story. So the producer didn't know what movie he was making. Like every other sci-fi producer in 1980, he thought he was creating the next Star Wars. Yet, at the same time, he wanted Flash Gordon to be humorous, which Semple resisted. Director Mike Hodges, who was director number eight, by the way, called it the only improvised $27 million movie ever made. Filming started in August 1979. Sam Jones, who was only the title character, had a falling out with De Laurentiis. As a result, Jones flew home at Christmas and never returned. Fortunately, principal photography had been completed. Rather than call him back, De Laurentiis had his crew find the best voice match they could and overdubbed most of Jones's lines in post-production. Despite everything, Semple's writing and De Laurentiis' sense of style helped the movie capture a lot of the retro comic book atmosphere that made Flash Gordon famous. 
As peculiar a choice as Queen was to provide the soundtrack, the sheer theatricality of their work supported the film beautifully. It works, with so many reasons why it shouldn't. The movie just works. It was mildly successful in theaters and earned a reasonable profit. But its real success has come in the decades since it left theaters and gained cult status. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for December 5th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.